Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I am your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Happy mid kinda Scorpio season. We're really in the throes of it. The motorcycles are revving and all is well here tonight in Brooklyn. Um, I am, you know, I'm famous for saying, well, I'm not famous for anything, but I'm fond of saying that my intros will be short and they're not. And this one really will be for real because um, it feels like a full enough episode to just let it be on its own two feet. And next week I have quite the juicy tarot lesson for everyone. We're going to really drop into um, the three lines of the major arcana in a really, really potent way. I think you're going to really love it. So I'm sort of going to save my, I don't know, words for that (laughs) Um, and just offer up a quick intro to this episode. I am really, really honored to have this person on my show, my little podcast, um, I have the pleasure of interviewing my really dear friend of many years, uh, Bakara Wintner, who is the author of a brand new book that the title is literally called What the Fuck is Tarot and How Do I Do It? So you know, she's a girl after my own heart. Um, Really one of my first dear friends in the New York City tarot community, Um, super supportive, incredibly successful, very vibrantly, uniquely powerful, dynamic tarot reader, very powerful, very specific, very much her own reader. Her readings are super powerful. Um, And she has in just the last few years, like quit her job to open up her own practice, um, stepped into teaching tarot, stepped into reading full-time, was doing it all the time, sort of reached this incredible peak here in New York and left and took all of that goodness and all of that talent and success and infused it into her own store in Durham, North Carolina called Everyday Magic. And from there, her store is a smashing success. She has co- she has authored this book, has continued to be very vibrant and, um, you know, active in her practice. Um, and in terms of like tarot readers and wisdom to offer, uh, she's got incredibly potent, incredibly powerful magician energy. She's just a huge hustler manifester makes things happen for herself Um, she's an incredibly inspiring and really wonderful person. And I'm very excited to have her on and to have you absorb and hear her magic. And, um, we'll have some information about where to buy her book, how to learn more about her, how to learn more about her store, how to book readings with her, all the good stuff that you want after these interviews. So I'm just going to leave it at that because I think you're going to really enjoy it. And, um, I love Bakara. It was a joy to do this with her. Um, and as always, it's a joy to be here with all of you every week. I hope that it's a sweet week. 
I hope that you take very good care of yourselves. I hope the full moon in Taurus was incredibly nourishing and nurturing for all of you. And I can't wait to connect more next week. Until then, here's my talk with Bakara. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, deep conversations and tarot medicine for your highest evolution. You guys, I have a living legend in my... (laughs) It's true. I have a living legend up in my house right now. My microphone is falling. Um, Fresh from Durham. Fresh from the South. I have the amazing, incomparable Bakara Wintner here with me today who is a dear friend of mine and an incredible tarot reader. And I'm just going to take a moment to um, intro you on who Bakara is and how I know her, because most likely you do too. Bakara is the author of a book called What the Fuck is Tarot and How Do I Do It, which just came out and is extraordinary. I promoted it on the podcast a few weeks ago, and I know I got a ton of feedback about people who loved it. And she's physically in my house today talking to me about that. Bakara is um, also the owner of the incredible store in Durham, Everyday Magic. And she is an incredibly prolific and very successful tarot reader in her own right, who has a very, very powerful story about how she came to the tarot, how she started using the tarot, which we'll get into today. Um, I She is also... For anyone who might, are you, okay, we're going to, we're going to unhatch this live right here right now, because this is what I tell people. Are you not the inventor of the lay down layered card method? Was anyone doing that before you? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Because you never saw it anywhere, did you? No, I did not see it anywhere. Okay, then I'm going to go on record as saying that Bakara is the Bakara <laughs> is the originator of the lay em up down card method, which is basically pretty much every single photo that you see now of cards being kind of spread out in layers. Bakara just started to do that because she has her own channeled way of reading that is kind of amazing. And if you've never gotten a reading from her, it's a pretty extraordinary experience very much a unique experience with the tarot um and she's just fucking amazing in every way and i knew her when she used to live here and i still know her now but yeah thank you for being here oh my god i'm so glad this is a podcast i'm like i'm blushing so hard right now (laughs) i mean whatever Whatever. i'm like into it (laughs) whatever (laughs) Thank you for being here. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, it's so good to just see you. I know. I'm just I saying that. I've seeing you through this so super long. legit looking microphone. <laughs> <laughs> they are very legitimate. I have an engineer husband, so it's pretty good. Yes. Um, God, I don't even know where to start. Um, I actually just kind of want to, like, go for it and ask you because... Um, how you got your start with tarot? Because I know the story... It's sirens, sound of God, everyone. New York, this New is York. what we say. Yeah, um, I know the story, but it's a pretty damn good one about how you came to the tarot and especially how you started because you have a very unique journey in that. In that, like, you 
Yeah, I'll leave it for you to tell. Yeah, how did you come into your first deck and your first reading? It's in the book too, but I just want to hear the story. It is. It is in the book, but I feel like there's there's some like lesser known parts of the the story that I'll just go ahead and share here. Um, I I got into a lot of trouble when I was really young, um, like still in high school, and as a result of that, I went into a 12-step recovery program. And before that, I was a very um, angry, intellectual, convincing atheist. And um, which was interesting coming from like a religious background. I was raised like pretty Jewish. Um, And then coming into this 12-step program, all 12-step programs are faith-based. And Mm -hmm. it was saying, you know, you don't need to believe in, you know, the God of your, you know, youth or your upbringing, but you do need to kind of reconcile the notion of some kind of higher power. And it happened. I mean, so I was 18 years old. I had my own kind of personalized experiences with God or source or whatever you want to call it. And and that was kind of it. I'm like, okay, I believe that this is a thing. Like there is something out there that, you know, took some interest in me not being dead by now. Mm. And I kind of just like moved on with my life. And then you know, six years pass and I'm working in New York City. I'm working in the publishing industry and I'm in therapy, obviously, Obviously. and (laughs) obviously in therapy. And I walked in one morning and my therapist told me that she had bought a tarot card deck for somebody as a gift and asked me if I wanted to see it. So it was... I think it just, like, shook me. I was just Mm -hmm. like, what? Like, you you bought a what? Like, I, I knew... I knew of the tarot as an object, but I had never, I, I hadn't interacted with it. I had no relationship with it. Um, and she showed me, she showed me the cards. They were wrapped in plastic. They were in my hand and I just had like the most powerful visceral reaction. I'm not a crier. I, I'm still not a crier. Um, and I just, it felt like this massive um, release, like holding the deck. Mm. I felt like I remembered a part of, of who I was when I was looking at them and I wasn't even like looking at them. I was just holding this like plastic wrapped box. Um, so the, the abbreviated version is, I mean, I went to my office that day, uh, closed the door, like spread all the cards out in a circle at my job. Like people are walking in being like, what are you doing? I'm like, look at these, aren't these amazing? And they're like, what are you doing? Like, please do your job. I think I gave a reading to a girlfriend like that night, just like I wanted to use them so badly. Um, And I saved all my money. So I was working in publishing. So I was making no money. Um, as anyone in publishing or any, you know, entry level creative industry in New York knows. Um, but when I started charging for readings, I put all my money in an envelope and I still have the envelope. It was just like, it's just this tarot money. Um, and I saved it all to go to this training in Georgia, this in-depth channeling training at Delphi university. And it was already at a point, I think six months had passed where I, I knew I needed to leave my job and it was a very jarring thing because I wanted that job. I went to school for publishing. I got a job in publishing at like the best place. And so the second I got my cards, it took maybe an hour to understand that this job that I had worked for years and years and years to get and qualify myself for was no longer something that I was going to do. And it was Mm. bizarre. Um, So if that happened so quickly, I guess it makes sense that naturally like six months later, I go to this training (laughs) uh, and quit my job as soon as I come back Mm. with no 
money and no I said I just spent like all my money like on the train mm-hmm. so I'm just like all right let's do this but I feel like when you know when I when I opened to the tarot you you also you opened a spirit and you opened mm-hmm. a channeled information and it was just uh it was too loud to ignore even though it didn't really make any uh logical sense to do it <laughs> at that moment um so yeah. so I did it and it was and it was lit and it worked out and here we are <laughs> lit and here we are <laughs> I mean, I I have so many things in there. Like, I remember you, and this is just for the people who listen, who, like, do want to quit their jobs and do want this. And I remember the first time you and I met, like, in your house, and we were hanging out, like, years ago. And you told me when you first started, like, it all literally just started with you. I remember you saying, like, you had done the math and you needed a certain amount. You knew that you, I think it was like $800 that you were like, if I make like $800, eight readings, mm-hmm. I'm good for the week. And then of course, um, like it exploded for you and there were way more than eight readings a week. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I remember you just, there was such a fierceness, such a clarity. Like I know exactly what I need in order to make this. Yes. Um, and you're like a triple Scorpio, are you not? I'm Scorpio, Double. Scorpio, Pisces. Pisces, that's right. <clears throat> All I water mean, still. There's a lot of gumption. There's a lot of gumption that I'd say in that yeah. double Scorpio life, baby. So um, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to reflect on the fact that you just did it. You knew what you needed to do to make the minimum. And I think just by, like, it's so inspiring to see that by honoring, like, I'll do this and divine will take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. Like it all worked out, yeah. you know? Well, that's so sweet of you to think I started needing 800. I was in publishing. <laughs> I was making, I, I actually needed $450 a week in order to it like, it might've been 500. I'm sorry. Yeah. I may have, I, I no, can't. It's, it's yeah. fine. But I was just like, I, I broke it out. I'm like, here's my rent. That's not here's canon. how I can eat. Yeah. Ramen like every day. Like yeah. here's how I can, you know, buy my dog food and, you know, do like X, Y, and Z. So I really distilled it down to like the absolute bare minimum. I think it helped that I was making no money in, yeah. in publishing. Because like if it if I th- I think if it was like I need eight hundred a week, I need a grand a week, um, Different. I would have been really daunted. Yeah. It by might that. have been five hundred or even four hundred mm-hmm. that you told me. Sorry, it, that number's yeah. not canon. Yeah, if it was like four <laughs> if it was like four fifty a week, I figure like even if I didn't get enough, I could just like figure sell my out. things. Sure. Like, I could yeah. just like <laughs> I could just like sell my totally. like, blood or like my my eggs, eggs or, or something. something. <laughs> totally. And I remember it was the same thing for me when I quit my job. I was like, okay, I know I need this amount. To literally survive. Yes. Like to have my heart beat. Yeah. I was not being luxurious about it at all. <laughs> and um, so then the other thing that I want to talk to you about that I think is such an inspiring story and is really A, the backbone of your work and the backbone of this book, this incredible fucking book that you've written, which is that anyone can read tarot and you already know what these things mean. Mm-hmm. And I also remember, maybe shakily because I'm like getting the numbers wrong, but I do remember too the first time we hung out, like you telling me this story and essentially having this moment where you put the cards out in front of you. And I think you, I remember you telling me you literally were like, show me, like Mm -hmm. teach me. You were literally like picking up each one, like understanding it, which I think if I could, if I can for a second, 
is a testament not only to you, because you are such a unique individual doing this work. And for anyone who doesn't know Makara, it's really true about her that they're really, she really is like, you are really are completely incomparable, like your own person. But, um, I mean, it's true, dude. It's really true. Um, but also the clarity on the confidence. I don't even know if it's confidence, just the, the knowing and, um, yeah, it's just really powerful. I want to ask you to, um, because now you've written a book on this information that, and I mean, obviously you've had like some knowledge, some training you did Brooklyn mm-hmm. Fools, I know that, but it started with you giving readings like to your, to Lisa in the yeah. book, which you talk <laughs> about, um, like knowing like, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Like, mm-hmm. what? what is the worst that can happen? And I would love... I don't know if this is a question, but I, I don't know anything more can even be said about it, but I'd love for you to speak to that because yeah. I think that, again, you're someone that I would say like pretty universally, like no one gives readings the way you do. No mm-hmm. one does it quite the way you do. Um, it's a very unique style of reading, very powerful. And it's, I believe, because A, you have your own magic and B, because you did not have a foundation of being like, well, what did this person say? What did that person say? Like you did you. I mean, I feel really, I feel extremely blessed for the clarity I felt when I got the cards because Mm -hmm. it was a clarity that I had been looking for my entire life and had never found anywhere else. So it was, it was almost beyond like the understanding of the cards itself, I feel like I was able to make sense out of life by looking Mm. at these cards. And Mm -hmm. it's very, and like it automatically clicked into like, this can be my job. This can be what I do like this. can, And so my heart really breaks when, um, I like, I come across people who like, I want, I want to find that passion. I want to find that thing that I'm sure about. I want to find the thing that I know is right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't have it yet because there's, there was no way I could have manufactured that happening. Like I couldn't have, no matter how much I sat and thought about it, I never would have come to the tarot as a way of like, this is going to like make sense of every single fact in my life. So when I got the, when I got the cards, it was this, like before I even opened the deck, I felt an immediate internal, like clicking into place happening. Mm -hmm. And Pretty much every good thing in my life has like come as a result of reading tarot. Yeah. Um, I think before that, everything, every good thing in my life came as a result of getting sober, which ultimately led me to tarot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like I could contextualize all of my experiences like through the through like the situations of the minor arcana through like the bigger arc of the major arcana. I could say, you know, I saw people and was like associating them with court cards and they just pissed me off less when I did that because I'm like, this is just like the archetype. Like this is, Mm -hmm. you know, this is their strength. This is their weakness, you know? And, um, it was, it was a prayer answered for me. And so Mm -hmm. I, when I get excited about something because I'm so intense, like I want everyone (laughs) to be a tarot reader now. Like my, my boyfriend (laughs) read the book and he read it in like two days and he immediately like cultivated like this like relationship with the cards and all the stuff. And he's like, he's like, I want to get a deck. Like, is that okay? Like, he's like, maybe I'll read for people. Is that okay? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, all I want you to do is like get a deck and start reading for people. Like, it's incredible. That's amazing. So it's, I, I know that it's right because it's the one thing 
that I feel no lack, no scarcity, like, like anyone, like no one can read like I can read, but I also can't read like anyone else can read. And mm-hmm. so if like, I feel like if people really like step into that and, and, mm-hmm. and own their voice and own their, you know, particular brand of magic, um, mm-hmm. then not only like, will you be like successful in the way that you were meant to, but like the world will change. Like it's, it's not just, um, yeah. this self-serving thing of, you know, let's, let's get into it and let's, you know, talk about you for a long time. I feel like I came from an activist background. And so what I've seen, the changes that I've seen people make as a result of just being seen for one hour Mm -hmm. is just like, this is in my opinion, like how the world changes. Like this is how everything gets better. Um, so if there's other people doing that alongside me, then like the change happens faster. And and, so I'm not, yeah. I feel and like with everything else I've done, like when I worked in publishing, you know, a colleague would get a raise or a promotion or something good would happen to them. And I would just be like dying inside. Like I'd be like, I want to be happy for you, um, but I'm not. And I feel like a terrible person because I'm jealous and I'm competitive and I'm this and I'm that. And so um, it's also taught me like, you know, if you're actually in the world doing what you're supposed to be doing, like that shit kind of just like doesn't really like fuck with you in like yeah. the way that it does if you're trying to like force an outcome. Um, so yeah. I don't know what to say about it other than like, I just feel so fucking lucky because I mm. did. I saw the cards. I like picked them up. I'm like, you feel like this to me. And I think this like interacts with this in this way. Mm. Um And then I like I obviously have like read tarot books now and it like most of them, most of them jived. Some of them didn't. I have definitions in the book that don't really have anything to do with any other like card interpretation that I've seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, But I trust it. I also trust myself through the tarot, which is the first time in my life I've ever trusted myself. And it's obviously worked for you because, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) things have gone quite well. They've bloomed. Mm -hmm. So... That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing what you just did. So you went to Adelphi, then you decided to, you were part of the first crop of Brooklyn Fools students. Yes. And then you co-led the next group with Mm -hmm. Jeff. So how was it to step, it seems like a natural progression for you, but you're just mentioning to me like off mic that teaching is a great love of yours and a passion of yours and you're excited to get into it more again. Um... What was it for you? What was it like for you to go from kind of getting your deck, being in the six month journey and then co-leading a six month journey? Like, was there a really powerful shift or did it feel really natural and easy? And it was it was psychotic. Like it was a psychotic time in my life. (laughs) So I, you know, I I did the fools and Jeff was like the sole leader and he just held the space so beautifully like he Mm. he was the magician and I felt like I was like the fool inside of it and you know like you know like you go to these for the hermit you go to an ashram and then for the star you go to this like sound healer's house where everything's covered in crystals so I was just like unfolding 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 I think I quit my job somewhere inside of that space of being Mm. a fool um and then you know I feel like you you start as the fool and then you land in the magician and then it's just like time to fucking move and like that's what it was it was just like crazy nonstop rapid movement so I would go from like seeing clients all day to like 
cabbing over to, uh, you know, Greenpoint to like teach the class. And I, I don't think that I was prepared enough to be fully present in that experience. Um, mm. And that whole, yeah, that whole six months like feels like a dream to me. Cause like on the tail end of it, uh, we were preparing to move to I North Carolina that. and on the front end of it, I had just gotten a dog and I'm like, I want to be with my dog all the time. And it was like client. So it was just like, it was a crazy adjustment period. I wish that I think that I haven't even really fully stopped to process that. And that was like three years ago. So that's pretty unbelievable. I think it's still some (laughs) magician energy that I'm in right now where it's just like, here's another thing. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. So I think the, um, I know more than I did then. Um, and it was, a stunning like it was a stunning experience i mean the mm. the students were amazing jeff has like his specific jeff brand magic that is entirely his own his and own, i felt yeah. really lucky to be really lucky to be a part of it i taught two intensives later on and i feel like i had a little bit more um space to like figure out how mm-hmm. i how i wanted to do it um but it's crazy. I mean, I looked at all these like girls. There was like a group of women that I knew before I quit my job and they weren't healers, but they were they were magic. They were shop owners and they were nail artists and they were, you know, like hairstylists and they were, you know, shutting everything down for a few weeks to go to Turkey and they were, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they they don't have health insurance, but it's all good and they're fabulous. And I just like I looked at them and I'm like you guys are superheroes. Like this is like yeah. this is all I want and I would ask them I'm like how do I do it? They're like, you just do it. And then yeah. I did. And I, and I understand their hustle now where it's mm. like, there's definitely, um, you're constantly working. You're constantly on it. There is no like, Oh, it's five o'clock. I'm leaving the office. Like it's all good. Um, but it, but at the same time, like I get to live life totally on my terms and mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, your question about the fools. Yes. That was amazing. I loved teaching. <laughs> I know, no better, do better. Yeah. But, it was a great first experience. That's awesome. And so also, you know, we'll get into the book in a moment, but I just want to, I sort of want to ask you because from an outsider's perspective, and I mean, we're, we've been kicking it for a little while as, you know, gal pals or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call that. Um, but f- we're outside unless we're inside. So mm-hmm. from an outside perspective, like, well, this isn't an outside perspective. I mean, you were completely, completely like booked out of your asshole in New York <laughs> all the time, all the time, and was really just the person to go to in New York while you were here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still are, of course, but um, from an outside perspective, I want to ask you because I think – I don't want to say this and be, mm. I think you're the first person that I've interviewed who I feel like, I don't know how to put this exactly, like reached an absolute 11 o'clock high note number and then left. Yeah. To take that and hugely blow it out and expand it into a store in a place that felt more nurturing for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I would love to hear about because yeah. it's super unique to be in a position to make those decisions and be like financially like 
spiritually, you know, like where did, cause I remember years ago you telling me you wanted to open your store. Mm-hmm. Where did, where was the moment you kind of knew and what was the journey from kind of like hustling here, which is totally different. I know than mm-hmm. hustling in a place yeah. with beautiful landscape and mm-hmm. country. Like what was that journey? Like going from being like the tarot reader pretty much in New York to here. Like I don't think I, I haven't thought about that until really recently, actually, yeah. um, because I'm seeing, I'm seeing like the different trajectories of like my sisters who are here and like mm-hmm. really like hustling and, and what it looks like. And I mean, New York is glam. Like if you're going to do anything, like you might as well just do it in New York because it's like <laughs> you're just doing it with like 10 natural exclamation points after it because you're in New York City. And yeah. so there was this really natural um, kind of growth that happened where like, you know, my I was like, I was getting more clients. I was getting contacted for events at names that I, I knew what I knew what they were. And it was and it was like kind of just like reaching this fever pitch. And I had I was so rich. It was amazing. <laughs> um, but I but I also um like New York is garbage. Like I hate yeah. New York. Like I, I love understand. New York. I love the energy. Like I love, I love the, I appreciate the very specific and entirely singular brand of magic that New York can offer. Um, but I didn't start reading tarot to like, to read an, an, an event for like a, a fashion magazine. Like totally. it was, it came from like this desire to like, connect with other people authentically deeply and I saw I saw where it could go in that respect where I like like the it was 11 o'clock like the I knew what the 12 o'clock looked like and I knew what it felt like um and it wasn't worth it to me the the toll that just living in New York City was taking on my energy it wasn't Mm -hmm. worth um my own ambiguous feelings about like participating in that I I felt like since I discovered magic it was like the most powerful and potent medicine I'd ever found and so in a place like North Carolina that already has like its own medicine its own magic but its own like sickness and its own lack and like you know Mm -hmm. there's like there wasn't there wasn't a tarot reader in, you know, Durham. There wasn't an, an uh, you know, an intentional lifestyle store in Durham. And so I went there and I felt um, not only could I, you know, create something where there is a need for it, I feel really nurtured in this space. And in, in New York, like the, the thing about New York is like New York showed me I could. And I think yeah. that as soon as I knew that, it's like, okay, I can do this. Like I can read tarot. <laughs> people like me like it's not like I you know because there's the terror right at the beginning where it's like this is it it's all over like you know I'm not gonna you know I had a great week and now it's done Mm -hmm. um and as soon as I realized that wasn't going to happen New York definitely gave me the the chutzpah like like Jay-Z said if I can make it here I can make it anywhere Mm -hmm. and so um going to North Carolina and kind of like taking myself out of the New York game um was probably the best decision I've made as a tarot reader. Um, mm. I, I have love for New York. I come back to New York too much. Um, I'm kind of sick of how much I come back to New York right now, but um, it feels very accessible. It's like an hour. It's an hour flight. Um, but I did. I don't think I even like consciously considered 
what my life would be if I had extrapolated it out to this point in New York. But mm. I, I don't think I don't think I would have been as happy as I am because mm. I really do like on my own kind of personal Scorpio psycho intense level, like figuring out <laughs> that I can do something mm-hmm. and then doing Not something doing else. Absolutely. Um, and before it's specifically why before I left, I taught two intensives and trained 12 people to read tarot, like mm-hmm. exactly as I know it, like put out, put it all out there, everything I know. And so now I have like, when my clients are like, I need something and I want it in person. I have like 12 people that I've trained here. That, Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, and where, when did you know this is a store? Like, I mean, you just shared that, but when, was there a specific moment kind of before that where you knew, like, I'm opening a store? Um, yes. So I was going to Durham fairly often because my boyfriend at the time uh, was from North Carolina. And then, so we went to North Carolina and then I basically just kept forcing him to go back to North Carolina Mm -hmm. way more than I think he normally would have because I loved it so much. And my best friend who I run the shop with now uh, was down there and we were out at a bar one night and I looked across the street from the bar and there was an empty storefront. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if like all these like objects that I've been recommending to my clients like for like years now, like it was just all available in like one space that wasn't like you know, you're entering the gates of hell or like, you know, Mm. your quirky grandma's like, you know, rainbow room. Like when you walk (laughs) in, like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't that kind of be like a cool idea? And my friends just looked at me and they're like, I feel like you're going to do it now. Even you just like had the idea and now you're going to do it, even though you don't know anything about how to do it. And, and that's my, I mean, it's like my, my mentality of like the fool of like the creative mind plays with the objects that it loves. And Mm -hmm. like, it just felt like, it felt like play opening mm-hmm. everyday magic for the most part. And has there been a journey for you in kind of shifting from doing readings all day, every day to now holding a different space, which is not to say you don't give readings. I know you do, mm-hmm. but um, has life felt any different in that exchange? Yes. Well, there's an entirely different set of lessons that come with operating a physical space than it does with just doing one-on-one readings. Because mm-hmm. on the business like aspect of doing one-on-one readings, you're seeing pure profit like 100% of the time. Like your overhead as a tarot reader or your business cards, <laughs> your tarot cards, which you buy once, and like whatever space you're doing it in. And for me, it was like out of my house. And so... There was this like initial investment financially with everyday magic up front. And then it was like, like my practice as a tarot reader wasn't bigger than me. And like everyday Mm. magic was immediately bigger than me. And so I had to relinquish my psychotic perfectionism, like Mm -hmm. much to the relief of the people that I work with, where it's just like (laughs) not everything is going to be, you know, exactly how I want it all the time. I think I had to kind of surrender to the process of, of, the store is not a finished product at any point. It's like mm-hmm. this ongoing, like living, breathing thing, which yeah. like um, also pushes up against my perfectionism. There's been such a, my, my biggest joy as a reader was having someone come in and sit down and be like, fuck you. I don't believe in this. And then reading for them and kind of seeing their perspective shift. And so there's a lot of that. Um, a lot of people walk into the store and it's like, what the hell is this? Like, what the hell are, what the hell are crystals? Like, what the fuck is tarot? Um, and then they're the people that, <laughs> you know, come back week after week with their kids, with their friends from out of town. Um, yeah. And then the community that's formed around everyday magic is like 
my heartbeat. It's the thing that makes it worth mm. it for me. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So do you, you do readings in your store? I actually haven't done readings in the store. We have tarot readers come into the shop. If mm. someone, if I do a reading for someone, um, in person in Durham, I'll do it in my apartment. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to, it's just, it's just like a weird, it's a weird thing because like the store, I've chosen to not have the store pay me. And so it's kind of mm. just like it supports itself and I support myself. So if I give a reading at the store, it's like, how do I? Yeah, that makes <laughs> like, sense. Like, where does that go? Totally. Mm. That makes total sense. Let's talk about your book. So What the Fuck is Tarot and How Do I Do It is like a smash success. It's a complete sensation, as I knew that it would be. <laughs> um, a totally, completely unique tarot book to any that have ever been written and I know will be. Totally in your voice, which is a blend of both like your beautiful skills as a writer and also your like fierce individuality, just the way you see the world and what you've survived and all that you've moved through and evolved through. Um, I want to know before we kind of talk more about certain, like I have certain questions, but I really want to know, I believe you were going about your own business and you were approached. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 2016, man, was the worst year (laughs) of my fucking life. So 2016 happens. I it happened had, to us all. It happened. It happened to us all. But I feel like <laughs> I'm like still recovering from 2016. So understand. I moved to North Carolina like right at the end of 2015. So uh, wow. with a boyfriend, and we bought a house. And so then I immediately 2016 I go into like psycho mode, opening the store, which was. I just, I just do everything psychotically. I just said, I mean to accept this about myself, but it was like two <laughs> months of not sleeping, of just being totally wired. I open the store. Um, the next day, break up. My boyfriend and I essentially break up. We went on a break, but we it led to us breaking up. Um, then I got <laughs> horrifically ill from like running my body into the ground, like, like opening the store. Um, and then the store's open for two months. I'm immediately like, what fucking ball and chain did I just put on my ankle by like Mm. opening this business? I was so freaked out. I was so overwhelmed. Um, I'm also low key homeless at this time because I like (laughs) moved out of the house. (laughs) Um, my ex and I had bought together. So I remember, uh, being at a coffee shop and like getting an email from, from a publisher being like, we, would love for you to write a book on the tarot. Like, do you think you can have it done by in six months? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just like starting to feel like kind of human. I'm like reconciling like everything that had just happened. And I talked to, I talked to them a little bit about it and it was clear that they were really willing to let me like write it entirely in my voice to structure Mm. it out like how I wanted it to. Um, they also don't know anything about the tarot. I think they're just like, tarot is trending on Google. Like, let's find someone to write a book about it. Um, so like (laughs) they couldn't really like edit it. Um, and I called my, I called one of my, my good friends, um, who is at the agency I used to work at. I'm like, do you want to represent me? I was approached to write a book and she's like, fuck yeah. We had a contract signed by the end of the day and we went back to them and, and got it going. So, um, and then, you know, that was also like, it wasn't like the worst six months, but, but having the 
massive ongoing project of the store is a new entity and then the massive ongoing project of the book is like this thing that is due at this time and also being in the most pain I've ever been in in my life like wall-to-wall pain every day was a an experience I will not soon forget. Not cute. <laughs> not cute. <laughs> not, cute. not cute. So you would work all day. You'd come home and write. Essentially, it was a little bit like I would I would work all day. I would come home and write. I would go to a coffee shop one day to like write and end up feeling like a badly trained like monkey in people clothes because I was just like doing nothing so so I couldn't like when it when I first when it first happened like I knew I needed to get to work immediately um but I didn't have it in me to like write sentences and so what I did was I made like a 50 page outline I just like I'm like what is everything I want to say I went through all my notebooks of all the courses like I had taught of all the courses I had taken of everything like you know sometimes my clients will say something like incredibly profound and I'll like write it down as soon as the reading is done Um, So I just like took every card, made a page for it and wrote down every single thing I could think of about the card. And like Mm -hmm. the quotes um, from the Major Arcana came from me procrastinating and not being able to write. I love that. Like come up with like quotes (laughs) like for me to like have an entry point. I didn't even know that they would be included in the book ultimately. And then what happened was the last two months of writing it, I went into like deep prayer like mm. the first four months were like scrambling and panicking and but setting myself up to like have it be like good when I was capable of doing it um and then those those two months I, I think about that process which was I wasn't working like Madison totally took over the store um and I would wake up at like 1 p.m um <laughs> you know fuck around for 30 minutes start writing around two and write until seven o'clock in the morning, like yeah. every single day. Wow. And there was like this shimmery, like I remember like waking up on Christmas and like I was working on the the core cards at that point and just feeling so in the company, like of mm. these archetypes. Like I felt like they were in the room with me. I felt like they were hanging out with me. I would go I would go to pee and bring my phone so I could like text myself like what I wanted to like put in my computer when I got back. I was probably a horrific to be around because people would just be like so how's everything going and I would just like Bark. immediately start talk talking like out loud but to myself but like they were just like forced to like <laughs> if they walked away like I wouldn't have known yeah you know it was like that kind of thing what was your favorite part to write about hmm. I really my favorite parts to write were the core cards um, because the core cards made no sense to me for so long. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I I have like a very deep love for the core cards now, like as people and like yeah. who they are. And I feel like I really wanted to. It took me a lot longer to write the core cards than I thought it was going to because I saved them for last because I had them like one paragraph like, each. It's going to be done. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and I ended up spending like probably a day with each of them. And mm. then the anecdotes were like probably the most cathartic to write, but they were also the, the scariest to write. Because totally. Like, people are just gonna see all my fucking shit. All your shit. stuff. All my fucking shit. But I like, I needed to. It's like, mm-hmm. that's like, that's my, that's my pitch on the tarot of like, if you can put yourself in these moments of and like, when you're feeling it, then, then you understand, you'll never need to like have it be explained to you again. You know, yeah, you'll know it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how did you go about connecting with the archetypes that you did for the court cards? Like the one that comes to my mind immediately, of course, is your uh, son of wands, knight of wands, fuck boy. fuck boy. Yeah, the fuck boy. Like where did, did that come from you just like sitting down and literally hanging out, tuning in, having that come to you? Well, my students joke about it because they all think of the Son of Wands as like the fuck boy now too. Yeah. Um, so I think like as I pulled in, because I was pulling, when I first got my deck, I was pulling cards for myself every day. And like the Son of Wands, I always pulled for myself like when I was being a fucking asshole, like when I was mm-hmm. being like manipulative, when I was like being masky, when I was being inauthentic. And I think that, you know, the Son of Wands has all the, like, the Son of Wands can do good things. Like, there's, like, yeah, good aspects to the Son of Wands. Um, and I think that there are times where it serves us to be masky and it serves us to, like, read a situation and adjust our, like, behavior accordingly and all that stuff. But it was, it just, like, yeah, it, sh- it showed itself to me as that. And, like, the Father of Wands is, like, kind of sus, too. Um, but, like, better, like, a more evolved version of the Son of Wands. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like you kind of know it's like it it almost it breaks down in so many different ways. Like the Myers Briggs personality types or like there's sixteen of them. What Um, is yours? I'm ENFJ. Nice. What are you? INFP. Oh, dang. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a long time later. (laughs) Let's please. (laughs) ENFJ, isn't that the rarest? INFJ, right? I don't know. INFJ is the protagonist. Um, I I think INFJ is the one that's like 2% of of the... of the population. Yeah, no, we're four. We're four percent. You're four percent. Mine is like nine. Interesting. Yeah. I, need to, I don't know. Like, I don't know them all offhand, but I'm like deeply thrilled by it. And I make everyone <laughs> I know take it. It's an incredible thing. My husband's was like him. Yeah. Him. It well, was crazy. Like, yeah, I feel like it's like you know, like what is like, like same shit to me. Like if you're like obsessed with the Myers Briggs and like totally. that's your way of like understanding people's archetypes and like go with god and like so so fine basically the same thing um but i love it there's a sweetness like even with like the son of wands like i'm just like okay like i know you (laughs) i've been you i get it and like the other thing about this idea of channeling it as the fuck boy is so interesting because like what makes a fuck boy a fuck boy? The allure mm-hmm. and the attractiveness. Yes. And like that's so all about like the essence of that card. Yes. It's like the seductive quality. But just putting it in that context mm-hmm. is so completely you. <laughs> um, it's just like, again, just like one example, just like a perfect viewpoint from you. Um, what... I feel like this is a cheesy question. I just like don't care though. Good, good. Like what's your favorite? What did you have kind of a favorite? Sometimes because I'm a dork, I like get excited. Like I get excited to teach the swords because I feel like after I'm done with someone, they'll not be afraid of them anymore. Mm. Like was there a part of you that was like, oh, cute wait to like bust this nugget out on the world that like has helped me with this thing? Like, it could be like the fives or it could be a particular card. Was there like one teaching, one like sacred teaching that you were so excited to share with everybody? Mm. I mean, I think that death was profound. Like the experience, the anecdote of like my boyfriend and I breaking up as death. It was so beautiful. Like I had just gone through it and it was my first time ever experiencing death 
as both like this beautiful, dignified, correct, natural thing. And also like while knowing that being in so much fucking pain that like I couldn't even like get out of bed. And so like I think I think it's because I newly understood that feeling. So I was really excited like to tell other people it's like there's a way to let something end and let (laughs) something die and to like have so much pain you think you're going to like explode from it but having like this like shimmering understanding around it that kind of keeps you whole um so that specifically was um insane for me to write I cried the entire time I wrote it Mm. um and then I think just in general like knowing like like explaining that the tarot like like bad things, bad things, like dark things are always going to happen. Like dark things exist inside of us. Like we're all savages and we're all <laughs> assholes and we're all completely self-interested and, in, in, you know, on the, in the external world, like terrible things are going to happen. But it's like, I feel like if we can contextualize that experience um, and understand that it is part of this like bigger whole then it stops people from fucking whining about like, why is this happening to me? I think like just like the victim mentality drives me absolutely insane. And I think yeah. that one of the biggest gifts of the tarot is it like it takes that away. Like sure even does. if you're in the tower, you're t- you're going through the tower so you can experience the star. Like so you yeah. can like kind of like get to like all that amazing shit that comes after the tower. Like yeah. if you're in the five of swords, it's not the end of the world. Like because like afterwards is the relief of the six of swords Mm -hmm. like and so you know we need it like we need these periods and I feel it on the flip side too like right now I'm like chilling in like world energy and I'm just like kind of like looking around being like I know you're gonna fuck me really soon universe (laughs) (laughs) you're just gonna be tumbled it back into the fool you know like totally like kicked right back into the fool and I'm gonna love it like but it's like yeah this is this Mm -hmm. is what it is there there is a there is some order in this, like, in all the madness. And I find that through the tarot. I totally agree. And really um, so uh, it resonates with me so deeply. And um, I love just, again, the simplicity and the clarity and the power in just saying, like, this is really not a tool to even, like, get you to understand it's really a tool to clarify like, yeah you're in this but how is it helping you to evolve to mm-hmm. to actually how are you flowering from this rather than because yeah that is the thing it's like people do come always expecting to and it's not a dig on anybody but really come I think in general expecting to hear how can this be corrected bettered okay and how can I get out of this Mm -hmm. I was like how can you root here how can you actually flower here yeah yeah I mean I think that the whole point of life so if you've stuck around this long you're gonna hear the whole point of life (laughs) but it's like it's and this is what I've I've found through the tarot it's like and over and over and you see it cycles like even within the major arcana is Mm -hmm. to like reconcile duality and then go beyond it and so those are words that mean nothing unless you like feel like what that means and it took me a long time to understand and I think as I was writing about the moon and the sun and then judgment Mm -hmm. I finally got it where Mm -hmm. it's like you know 
we need to like acknowledge the other to make sense of ourselves. And then we need to accept that there is no other because like then we, then we're capable of true compassion. Then we get off the wheel of fortune. Like then we're able to step into judgment. That's Um, right. So I definitely don't do it like almost ever. I think like in a reading (laughs) is like the only time where I'm like in a place of like perfect, like, You can tell me anything in a reading and I don't like, there's no, the inclination to like judge or separate or any of that isn't even there. Um, but I will like, you know, talk shit about like your like haircut from like (laughs) like, across the coffee shop, like with no problem. So it's just, it's both. It's both. It's Mm -hmm. always both. I have two questions Two I have questions after these two, but my first question is a little silly because I think I know the answer to it. Um, did you learn so much by writing this book? Like, do you feel like you walked away, just as you said, with that understanding of like, do you feel like your perspective and some of the wisdoms that you carried about the cards have changed? Have they grown mm. since you wrote the book? Yes, they they definitely have. I mean, those the how I wrote about the cards was how I saw them from the first day I met them. And Mm. so there's always new things that they can mean. There's new stories that they collectively tell together. Um, But I think the most powerful thing that I got from writing this book was the belief that I'm allowed to write this book. Like I like finished it and I expected to, I I didn't touch it for like two months after I finished it. And I was late on my edits because of that. But I'm just, I was so terrified that I was going to go back and, hate it and I hate myself for writing it and just you know like be afraid that I like jumped the gun or I wasn't happy with you know what came out and Mm -hmm. as I like reread it just like from start to finish like I literally felt like yes like the tarot literally joined in and like helps me write this and it was me and it was them and it's uh it's it's perfect like I love it it's my Mm -hmm. whole heart it's my whole truth like I feel like I give readings now and like Everyone's like, yeah, that was in your book. I'm like, yeah, you guys don't even really need readings anymore. Like, it's just like everything that I am capable <laughs> of doing, is. like I put in this book, I held nothing, I held nothing back. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think that there's a, like, no one's going to like, after writing that book, and I think I felt it before, but it's like, I know that there's things I don't know. I know that there's, there's, you know, I'll grow as a person, I'll evolve and all the stuff, but like, even with like just four years of experience, like I I'm capable and qualified to write a book. I'm capable and qualified to give readings. Like I take the responsibility of like the space that I hold for people as a healer extremely seriously. Like I think it's just my trust in myself is Mm -hmm. like rock solid right now. It's amazing. No, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) So sick. So my second question is, do you, is completely related to that. What do you do for self care? What does your self-care practice look like? And you can be totally honest because sometimes people ask me that and I'm like, I don't know that I have one right now, but I'm doing the best that I can. Because um, it changes. Self-care changes all the time. It's so. definitely like really scrappy, like my self-care. <laughs> like it's like, it's very like DIY. It's yeah, like, I hear you. Um, I don't, I don't do a lot of the things that someone would like constitute as self-care I think my mm-hmm. last like self-care was like I laid on the couch all day and watched all of Stranger Things in like See, a that's, single day that's deep medicine mm-hmm. like there was a time at the end of 2016 my schedule was such and like I was in a place like 
I don't know that I'd be here without binge watching Murder, she wrote. Yes. That was all I had. Yes. It was like I'd go through my days and I was present and enjoyed my readings, but it was like the phone turned off. Yeah. And I was in that flow with J.B. Fletcher. And I got a bath in here and there, but mm-hmm. that was very restorative. I was going to say, like, I take baths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to take baths. I like to take baths. Okay, so my baths are so extra. I feel like I oh. like, like to challenge myself and see, like, how much money can I just pour into this tub of water right now? And I, like, bring every candle in the house, like, into mm. the bathroom. I got my star projector going. I put my... Uh, I put my laptop <laughs> on the toilet and like face it towards the tub and I just like die in there. Like it's oh, like that's like the rest of my wonderful. night. Um, but I, I think that I used to be I'm I think I am naturally an extrovert, but a lot of my self-care is like going home at the end of the day and like mm-hmm. sealing in my apartment as like mm-hmm. a womb and just doing whatever I want. Like if I want to keep doing emails, like that's fine. But I, if I want to like, you know just like smush my dog's face while she tries to get away for 20 minutes that's fine I think like just coming back to belonging to myself at the end of the day like and that's the medicine of living like alone that I'm really enjoying right now and also I'm like I'm like live I'm like doing it right now like I'm very I'm very in love right now and my boyfriend's a musician so we've been going on like crazy like I feel like I've been on a crazy adventure just like traveling all around with him like the last like few months and Hmm. It comes like I've I've I'm done being like a Nazi with myself about what my self care should look like. Like yeah. my body will tell me yeah. like when I need to shift something. Like my body is telling me via my vagina right now that I need to eat less sugar. It's like, <laughs> stop. like yeah. you're going to be in excruciating pain if you yeah. like, keep doing this. And so I think it's also like the self trust needs to extend to that. Yeah. Like of like it's not always I'm it's like I would love to be able to tell you that like I wake up every morning and like take a wheatgrass shot before I go to like my yoga class, but Mm. I just fucking don't. And I don't know if I ever will. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I ask you that because I um, really am, I have a different self-care than I feel like the people around me are talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'm very blunt about like, you know, my family time Mm -hmm. is restoration for me, like my alone time. Like my coffee in the morning is just as precious as my meditation time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't meditate. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like a totally luxurious half hour and sometimes it's five minutes. Yeah, And, you know, like we meet ourselves wherever we happen to be on that particular day. Mm -hmm. So for a woman as busy and as full as you are doing so many things, like really balancing with a lot of commitment, like doing all the things that you love. Yeah. Um, it's anything that you have to say is inspiring because obviously whatever your self-care practice is in quotes, it's fucking working. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, my, my friendships are my self-care, like just being able to give yeah. myself whatever I want. I mean, I don't have like very expensive tastes, but I'm going to New Orleans for my birthday. I'm going to like, Columbia for Thanksgiving it's just like I can like I can't do these things so when I'm when I'm in my every day I'm not gonna like chill so I found that like I kind of need to like leave my daily environment in In order order to to get get that totally that's cool it's it's that if it if it feels off kilter um I adjust like maybe I will spend a straight year at like an ashram one day learning to levitate 
I probably will. But like right now I'm, I'm still hustling. Yeah. I see. And I see this happening. Like I see it with you. I see it with like all my like other like girl boss heroes who are just like Mm. grinding it fucking down right now. And like, I'll talk to like, you know, a friend in LA who's like in the music business. We haven't talked in like three months. And she's like, it's not that I've been ignored. I just haven't talked to anyone in three months. I'm like, we are doing this now. So we can (laughs) all like drink liquor out of coconuts, like 30 years from now, like on our private (laughs) fucking 10 years from now. Yeah. Literally 10 years from now. It's just going to happen. Like, this is, this is what it is. I'm, I'm hustling. I'm happy to hustle. I love hustling. Like I feel, I feel powerful. I feel autonomous. Like it's like, that's my self care. I have the job of my dreams. Like, you know, everything else is kind of falling into place from there. I love your willingness to say that. Like, I feel like so many people are, they're nervous to say it or like, I love your, it's just, you're very refreshing as always. You always are, but it's very refreshing to just be like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to do what I want. Well, my therapist, my therapist is like my like hashtag like original hero. Um, And she (laughs) is so good. Like she is so powerful. She's so just like you're around her. You're just like that's you are like real deal like magic activator. Like she just like turns people's like she finds Mm. people's magical switch and like turns it on. That's incredible. Um, And she works her ass off. She's like really busy. She sees like I feel like she's like working from like 6 a.m. to like 10 p.m. like every day. And she's like, I'm fine to do this, but I need a personal chef and I need a driver. Oh, totally. And I need like, you know, I need like X, I need to be able to treat myself to beautiful things when mm-hmm. I want it. I need to go on trips like when I want to. And she's like, this is what I need to continue doing the work I'm doing. And I'm yeah. just like, fuck yeah. Like, well, that is the place, right? Like I, I resonate with that a lot because mm-hmm. I see clients all day, every day. And mm-hmm. there are certain things that I'm like, this is a non-negotiable and it's shit like not like I have a driver, but it's mm-hmm. shit like that mm-hmm. where for a long time I had someone like um, making like when I literally had no time. Like mm-hmm. I had someone like for a little while make meals for me yeah, and it was a dream. Yeah. It was lovely. And it's then okay. my schedule shifted and I didn't quite need that anymore. And like there, there are certain things where you find that perfect groove between how – full your life if you desire it to be how full if you're someone who thrives on that kind of energy some people don't but if you find that flow with what you're capable of doing and allow divine to come through the um abundance to support you in doing the work it's just a beautiful like um infinity loop you're gonna get what you need i feel like the second the second you make peace with like your own integrity money stops becoming a dirty word like it's just like if you trust yourself like with money then nobody like no then that that's it that's it you know like the shame around it goes away the Mm -hmm. the fear of not having enough or the the embarrassment of having too much like goes away like i'm doing exactly the work that i should be doing i'm serving like i'm serving my community like i'm serving the people i love like and mm-hmm. I have a good life because of it. Like, that's how it should be. Like, that yeah. is the law of the universe. Absolutely. Like, it's our birthright. Mm-hmm. Ideally, our birthright. Some Amen. people have different journeys to get there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, do you have a favorite card? Like an all-time mm. OG favorite? smile <laughs> I know because I just want to be such a fucking troll right now and be like the tower <laughs> Dude, a lot of people come in here and they're like the tower um well so I definitely love the tower my boyfriend really loves the tower he's like talking about 
getting the tower like tattooed like on his body. Oh, <laughs> so that is a commitment. Wow. And like baby earring in his shirt. Like <laughs> <laughs> Our mutual friend, you know, Jeff Hinshaw, um, like he talks about like he was talking to me and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing the story. But like he has, as you know, the hangman tattooed on him. He's like, it's like the best thing I ever did. Like the worst. Yeah. Like the worst thing. And I mean, he loves it. But like totally. I mean, I have a star tattoo. Like it really like once you like commit to that frequency, like it's not going to leave you alone. Wow. I know. I think that if I I think Bold. that if I had to get a like a tattoo of the tarot, like uh-huh. a tarot card and like that would be something that I would think about like, you know. I feel like that's the best way to think about my favorite card cuz obviously I love the tower. The tower is necessary. Yeah. Spend a lot of time fucking chilling in the tower. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that judgment, judgment mm. is my favorite card. Why? Because it helps me like get beyond my own bullshit sometimes mm. where it like it reminds me that like not only is it okay to be big it's actually required like in order mm. to do like in order to like serve your function in this world that isn't just about me it's about the people around me it's about like yeah. who I'm going to lift up who's gonna, they're going to go on and like do their own thing like it's it reminds me that you know I'm not really in a position to like judge anybody else. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's, it's judgment is like the person that I aspire to be at all times. I love that. Um, and I usually like hang out somewhere like on the outskirts of judgment, but yeah, again, in a tarot reading, like that's the place where I can just like live in judgment like the entire time. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that. Do you have a card that you, not dislike but is your teacher in like when you pull it you're like oh motherfucker i felt that way about temperance for a long time so i'm like what does really? this mean I'm like, this is so like boring like what is this talking about like and i feel like now like temperance kind of just like infuses an energy of like in the cards like around oh, it or sure. like extends it's it, it like blesses the thing that it's talking about totally um the five of wands annoys me because I'm just like, go away. Um, <laughs> like the daughter of pentacles annoys me because I'm just annoyed by people who are like the daughter of pentacles. <laughs> like, you know, and it's like, but it's, it all, you know, it's all needed. It all serves a, yeah, it all serves a function. So there's no card right now that you're just like learning, learning to love. Mm, probably. Probably like the Seven of Pentacles is my ongoing I hear you. like teacher mm-hmm. of just like trusting like this like longer term vision and and letting things sit when it's time to let things sit because I will like literally like ruin things by just like wanting to go in wanting to I, I take like the like don't go to bed angry and like this entirely <laughs> new level where it's like I will just keep you up all night and like you know right, then we will go to sleep you, like hate me because like I want this to be resolved now so mm. so definitely the patience of the the seven of pentacles is a it's a real bitch let me tell you what <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through a little something right now mine used to be I've gone through phases with certain cards and like a couple of years ago, it was the moon. Mm. And then I did so much work in that energy that now I really understand. I'm very comfortable Yeah. Like when I pull the moon. And I'm going through a little bit of a season with the devil. 
Really? Yes. And I noticed, I, I, I paid attention to it because I can't say that I love pulling the devil. Like, I understand. I appreciate it. I've done a lot of work in that card. But I noticed that when I was in Sedona, I pulled a reading for myself and... I got a, I got the devil card and there was this, this like immediate feeling in my body like I had done something wrong. Mm. And I was like, well, time to get to work on that yeah. one, you know? And since that time, there's even since like a week ago, there's been like a totally new appreciation for even the blessings of those feelings. Mm. It's just like a continual growth process and like, loving accepting like working through that so I don't take that I can't there's no part of me that's ever as you mentioned like looking at cards it's like literally the the root system of my work is like there's no bad cards but like <clears throat> so if someone gets the devil I'm like all about it for them yeah. like I understand but I just thought it was interesting that I had that response for myself yeah. and it's been so nourishing to like look more into that which I think is precisely the reason I pulled it mm -hmm. to actually it's like meta to me like to totally. take me into the feelings that came up around it I mean I hate when people pull cards for me now because like I definitely yeah. have that feeling of like I hope I get a good card I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I want to get like the nine of cups and like there was like a time where like every time I pulled a card I either got the nine of swords or the ten of swords and I thought it was like you know well, now everyone knows. It's like everyone knows what. They're like stressed <laughs> out and like overwhelmed and totally. like fucking tired. It's like, yeah, everyone does know that. So I think, it, yeah, I definitely feel that with like pulling a card and being nervous that you have like fucked up. In yeah. But how it's so easy to not feel that way. Like when I'm pulling cards for a client. Oh, yeah. Like, it never even crosses my mind. I'm like, <sighs> this is great because like they're like in the devil crossed with like ten of swords. I'm like, great. Yeah, news. let's dig in here. <laughs> <laughs> great news yeah I'm like working I'm working in that way on the devil and you mentioned I like to ask people what card they think they're in right now you're in the world I'm in the world you're in, I'm the, in the swing the of the world fuck right now <laughs> the world is a fuck right now because store is going beautifully you're in a beautiful relationship your book is fucking killing it we'll talk to people about where they can get the book mm -hmm. um hint everywhere um <laughs> and yeah, that's beautiful. So, yeah, let's jump into that because, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, is there any part of the book that you would change if you could and you answered it for me? Like, it's perfect. I would definitely add the four Harry Potter houses to the suit associations. Absolutely. Um, and I think that I would try to... <laughs> um, Add the Myers-Briggs personality types to the court cards. In your new edition, you can do that. I Yeah, I already, I'm like already like the asshole <laughs> going through my book with like a pen being like add this. Like there's like, like times where I said like in fact like twice in the same paragraph. I'm like I want to kill myself. Like, you know, I'm garbage. Like, So for you, what are those suits? I think I know the the yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry Potter, but I'd like to hear Oh, it. my God. I want to know if, if you would think the same, the okay. same ones. Because I've, I've gone over this with people. So okay. wands is Gryffindor. Absolutely. Uh, swords is Slytherin. Totally. Okay. Uh, cups is Hufflepuff. And Pentacles is Ravenclaw. Wow. I would love to hear your dissertation on why Ravenclaw aren't cups. Interesting. They're so watery. 
I guess I just think of Luna when I yeah. think of like and being like light. But mm-hmm. they're yeah, and like um how Hufflepuff are like badgers. Like mm-hmm. I just think of that as being like an earthly quality. Interesting. I feel like there's like a I think about the Sorting Hat song where she was like singing about like all the or the how was singing about all the four houses and Hufflepuff is like I'll teach the lot and treat them all the same. It's just like, I feel like Hufflepuff are the healers. I feel like Hufflepuff are like, just like, yeah, they're the healers. They like kind of like elevate everyone else. They're not like egoic. They're very, yeah. yeah, There's like a loving, loving component to Hufflepuff that I've always associated with. The cups. Cups. And I I feel like Ravenclaws are like, they're practical and they're grounded and they're intelligent and they're, you know. I love that. Oh yeah. And they're always like thinking, Mm -hmm. they're doing like riddles. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Accepted. I love that. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm starting a whole book about that. Yeah, you should. I feel it. like that's a book. Mm-hmm. Myers Briggs is a tarot is a book too. Yeah, that's like absolutely. a whole course. Mm-hmm. I mean, like for real. I haven't fully connected them all yet. I was going to ask you, what do you connect your Myers Briggs to be? ENFJ. What would you say that that is? Maybe like the Mother of Pentacles would be maybe ENFJ is Mother of Pentacles, like the Earth Goddess, like I feel that like grounded, autonomous, but also wants to like lift other people up. I don't know, like I love I that. I feel like the core cards are also kind of all like pussies, like because they're like they they haven't like become their major arcana versions of themselves yet, and so like I feel like no one really theory. wants to be like I don't think anyone wants to be like I feel like the daughter of wands, but like mm. I don't want to like live the rest of my life as the daughter of one. Oh, like, sure. I understand that. I want to, like, elevate up to some, like, moon shit. You know what I mean? Like, I want <laughs> yes, to, like, like, be in, like, some high priestess, like, vibes. Yeah, I feel that. Well, like, what about a major? Like, do you feel like ENFJ is, like, a major to you? Hmm. Because it's extroverted. Okay, Probably the magician. Yeah, because you, like, are the magician. Well, have you heard, someone said this about us, that I'm the magician and you're and the, I'm high, the priestess. high priestess. I yeah. literally think about that all the time. <laughs> well, just our approaches. Yes. Because I've heard that a lot about myself, and it's just because um, I'm introverted. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Like, that's the only, it's not because I'm, like, some oracle. It's just, like, no, our personalities, like, we move like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? I know. Why have we not done more shit together yet? Well, it's coming just the soon. beginning, buddy. Coming, <laughs> coming soon to a healing space near you. Because I haven't been able to get out to you. Mm-hmm. And um, we were just talking before I, that we will be connecting. We will be connecting here separately and apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we can't connect apart, but you know what I mean. Um, there will be Brooklyn things to do here for us. Um, okay. I feel like this is the perfect, I would love to just keep going, but I feel like we've reached the end and of let's turn this the time. Off and keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's probably what will happen. So where can people buy your beautiful book? What the fuck is tarot and how to do it? Um, what the fuck is tarot is available wherever books are sold. So uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. We also sell it through the shop, um, shopeverydaymagic.com. If you want it signed, if you want it inscribed, that's the place mm. to buy it. But it's also the actual price there. If you want it for like $13.99, <laughs> you can yeah. like get it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's all the same to me. It doesn't matter where it's like ordered from. Um, but yeah, those are the, the three main places. You know, Kindle 
You can get a preview of it on Google Books. Um, That's great. And people can find you at your website, which is Bacar Raw, which mm-hmm. is com, <laughs> but it looks like Bacar Raw, which I've always loved. And are you taking readings by appointment? Yes, I am taking clients great. right now. Cannot recommend like more like run don't walk especially if you're in German you can do it in person that's great but even over Skype you're the best um and obviously go to Bacara's store everyday magic in Durham worth every moment of a road trip or if you're in the area there's no excuse for you not to go Mm -hmm. um anything else you want to share any upcoming things or announcements um no not yet there are some things but not quite not quite quite right not quite out of the can yet Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. I love you you too. Of course. Bye.